welcome to the Fundraising Leadership Podcast, where we engage in lively and thoughtful conversations with professionals in the nonprofit world. Today, I'm here with my teammates and partners and friends. I love that I can use all of those terms for all of you guys. Uh, Michelle Malloy Dillon, David Landuli, and Janice Cunning, and we are the professionals for today. So um, we were doing. Well, some... Don't go that far. Don't, oh, okay, let's just never not... mind. God, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, really. Ooh, I not. feel much more relieved. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we have been doing some visioning and intention setting for 2023, as we do, and we're really interested this year in personal growth, and we wanted to get together and share a little bit about why. Uh, this has been an important journey for each of us. David, do you want to share kind of your your thoughts yeah. about what yeah. we should do here today? Okay. Well, and for the audience, it's we, we noticed that uh, the clients that we've had over the years that are on a personal these are leaders, almost exclusively leaders in the nonprofit world, and those that are on the personal development path are the ones that um, make the most progress uh, in their organizations and with themselves and in, in their training and coaching with us, they make, you know, leaps and bounds their, their development. So that's like the context for where we're heading in the new year. And I'd love to share, I was not a personal development junkie that I am now. Like I didn't even think about myself. It's kind of weird. You know, I was like, I was educated. Like I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go get this degree. I'm going to get that degree and I'm going to learn about my profession. And it wasn't until about a little over 20 years ago when I was living and working in Wyoming at the University of Wyoming that I was nominated to be in a leadership program. And this is like one of these conventional, you know, get to know the state of Wyoming and, you know, go around to different cities and get to know the economy and all the moving parts of Wyoming. But there was a big element of leadership Wyoming uh, and that's still there today. And I'm an alumnus and I'm, I still pay my alumni dues because I love that this program got me on the path of personal development. And it was like, the, they call it the inner work, the inner work. And each session, and this this program had an arc of about uh, a year. It, it had an arc of a year, in fact. And much like our sort of uh, nine, 10 month leadership arc. And every session and the in-between work, so again, like the leadership program that the four of us shared with the, the coaches or the Coactive Training Institute had half of it was devoted to inner work. I was like, inner work, what the hell is that? You know, but that's what I've come to learn is the place to start. And so this led me to meditation. It led me to, uh, I could just trace back like right to that point in time, how I got on the path that led me to all of you here today 
on this call and all of the clients with whom I work and the, doing the work that I love to do, which is working on myself and helping others work on themselves. So that's that's the origin story for me about my um, uh, personal development. Yeah, we find all, uh, there's, I love hearing your story, David, because it's uh, bringing up memories of me you know, when we came up with this topic for this podcast, I, I, I was saying, I don't even know what my origin story is. Like it, it, it feels kind of random. It also feels, um, as I look back on it, disjointed with decades between personal development things that I did uh, for myself. And yet there was a spark that was lit, you know, early in my life. And so, um, you know, my origin story with personal development is back in high school. Um, I had a friend whose parents ran a meditation sangha, and uh, he invited me and a couple other friends to come to the weekly meditations. And I ended up loving it. It it was in a way it was a form of rebellion for me as a teenager because it was so out. It felt like it was so outside the norm of what everyone else in high school was doing. But it was um, something that really helped ground me during those emotionally turbulent hormonal times of adolescence and uh, leaving home and, you know, to go away to college and all of those sort of times in my life where it felt uh, kind of unstable and there was a lot of change happening. And that fell away. I, I didn't continue meditating. I meditated for maybe five years or so, and then it, it fell away. And then there was this huge gap. And then when I um, was going through a career change and sort of feeling like, gosh, this first career is not working for me anymore. What am I going to do with my life? Uh, one of my clients at the time was a coach and I didn't know what coaching was. And I learned from her what it was and thought, well, that might sound interesting. And as soon as I dived into the Coactive Training Institute training for coaching, it became not only learning the skills of being a coach, but actually doing the work myself. And that's what I love so much about this this uh, career as a coach is that it keeps me on task to walk the walk as well as talk the talk all the time. I learned so much from my clients. Um, it re what my clients are working on is often a reminder to myself, okay, that's something that I need to work on as well. And so now it's a, it's a way of life for me. It's a practice uh, to be a better human on the planet, to be a uh, um, more conscious of my decisions and, and where I want my own life to go and, and where my, I want my relationships in the world to go. Um, and I'm so grateful for it. So now it's so seeped in my bones. I don't think I can remove myself from the idea of personal development. It's so much a part of me. <laughs> I love that you said, be a better human on the planet because we we do something each year called like uh, a stake. It's kind of like an intention, you know, for our team. And our stake for the year is growing leaders for the sake of humanity. So, yeah, we have to start. We have to put our own oxygen man on first, right, uh, well, Michelle? Yeah, so important to remember that. Yeah, we really don't have the capacity to truly be with others or to help others if we don't have some inner strength ourselves. Yeah. And I, and there's also something about, um, 
you know, we're noticing with all the turbulence of the last few years in the world, that there's just this thirst and this need in people to have some sense of grounding. And it 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 comes from within. As much as we'd like to say, I want to fix my coworker, I want to fix my company, I want to fix the world, we have to find that grounding within in order to have the strength and the decision-making ability and um, really the sanity to uh, know the right decision to make next for ourselves. Yeah, Michelle, I love what you're saying. And I know when I um, co-lead and get to play with you, that when you're grounded, you have this impact on the people around you that you calm Mm -hmm. everybody else down too. So I'm naming that both because I love that about you but it also speaks to, wow, when we do our own, you know, our own inner stuff, it, it flows, you know, it has impact everywhere we, everywhere we go. Yeah. Thank you, Margaret. Yeah. Um, So my, my backstory, it's uh, David, what you were saying really resonates this idea of like, I had a whole lifetime. And as I look back now, I kind of understand, I used to say about myself and I you know, grew up primarily in Boulder, Colorado, but I proudly would tell people I'm from Boulder, but I don't even have one woo, much less woo-woo. You know, it was like a point of pride for me that, you know, none of that stupid stuff. And when I look back, I think it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty sensitive person as I think all of us on this team are, you know, another word for that is sort of empathic or porous, you know, that I... I found myself in in situations for my whole life where just energetically I was thrown off by what was going on around me, you know, like I would pick up other people's uh, things like, you know, just like COVID, but for anxiety or uh, something different, I guess. Anyway, um, I didn't know how to manage that. And so I tried so hard, you know, just to not, to not be in that world, to not believe in anything that I couldn't see or fix or, or touch. And, uh, I'm going to say my um, my waking up to this came as I think it does for many people through a period of wild disruption. Uh, for me, it was a parenting journey that just brought me to my knees as one of my kids was in high school. And I looked in that traditional toolbox and there was nothing there to work with to um, to make change or interact or Uh, try something different with my son. And um, so I found myself asking for help, surrendering to, you know, to the brick wall that I had hit and asking for help. And it came in the form of, uh, you know, working with a a therapist who had a lot of Eastern philosophy and a lot of yogic uh, beliefs. And she kind of helped me start down that path. Um, like Michelle, it's come and gone. It's been in sort of fits and starts. Uh, but I also had a bit of an awakening around coaching, which is, you know, having worked in the nonprofit world and and coming to the point where I knew that was finished for me, but I had no idea what to do next or where I might go next. And somebody suggested that I work with a coach and you know, no kidding, 10 minutes into my first session, I was like, wait, 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 what you're doing is a profession and I can get paid (laughs) to do that. That's what I want to do. And within probably a month, I think I was enrolled. And I do think coaching uh, invites us, not going to say forces us, because I don't think that's true. It invites us to continue to learn and grow with our 
clients, for the sake of our clients, um, for the sake of humanity to, to notice things. And I've had so much fun now with my own personal growth and the ways that, you know, whatever journey I'm on seems to, you know, like there's resonance out there somewhere for someone, you know, and I love that. I love writing about it and uh, noticing it. And, you know, I'm on this quest to understand humans a little bit better. Well, your your description of, uh, you know, earlier being, you know, one woo, not two woo-woos, you know, okay. it really resonated with me, Margaret, because there, you know, I, there's a lot of clients I work with, and this is like part of me too, that I, there's part of me that has rejected the idea in the past of personal development because it feels too woo-woo, because it feels too like, oh God, let's get real, right? Right. And yet there is... Um, you know, for lack of a better term, personal development is the term, but there's so many flavors of what it looks like. You know, there's so many different ways to develop yourself that doesn't feel woo-woo when you're doing it for yourself because you you find your own language, you find your own way. And that's part of what we're coaching people to meet them where they're where they are. It's not like, you know, we have these methods that have helped us get to where we are today, and we're going to jam that down the throat of our clients at all. It's the exploration of what actually works for our clients. What's the language? What's the methods? What what helps them to feel that inner strength and that, you know, wherewithal to keep going? Right. We're not trying to teach them to be an archetype of no. somebody woke, right? It's all about how you do your own journey in this yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting for me, the seeds started when I was working at a consulting firm. So exactly that, like it, it, it started in a very professional uh, setting. And um, so I worked about 10 years at a consulting firm in Toronto. And it's, it's interesting that um, I literally was on a call last night just by coincidence with two people, Shannon and Catherine, who uh, were instrumental um, in this journey. So feels cool that David brought this question up this morning. <laughs> you know, because we we were reflecting. Wait a minute. There's us. a little woo-woo, Janice. That's a little woo-woo. <laughs> that might even be three woos, just so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay with woo-woo though. I think I was I also I always was like I, I always had some woos. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we had, um, uh, we had, uh, I don't even know, to be honest, if this woman was a coach, an organizational development consultant, I honestly don't know what, what title uh, she would have put on herself, but we had a woman who would come for a few years, she came uh, annually to our big, you know, all staff uh, retreat. And she also worked um, more one-on-one -on -one with the, the senior leaders on our team. But my experience of her was at these all staffs. And I felt like, you know, the little kid where you want to sit in the front row and you're just like clapping your hands like, oh my God, oh my God, like, what are we going to do this time? <laughs> So, you know, so we were doing um, emotional intelligence work and, you know, she was using assessments to help us learn about different communication styles. And um, there was, I can't remember if there was like five or six of us uh, who worked in the office, because a lot of people worked out in the field at the company, who decided to uh, start our own group um like an accountability kind of group coaching i mean i don't know we called ourselves at the time the go all girls which is which was a play on the word goal 
and the fact that we were all young women at the time. And um, we did that for a couple of years, actually. And it was some people had professional goals. Some people had personal goals. I mean, I'll just share for myself. Like I was actually um, really wanting to get into dating and find a relationship, you know, because I had processed coming out of a, a divorce at a very young age and, you know, was very... I had met my ex at 16, you know, so it was a very emotionally overwhelming thought of sort of putting myself out there in that way. Happily married now. So those ladies, <laughs> they really uh, supported me through that goal, you know, so we had all, you know, goals that ran the gamut. And um, what was interesting was a few people would say to me, like, oh, you're the one who always asks good questions, really holds us accountable and like sort of has this rigor, you know, in 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 our group, you know, which was obviously like sort of none of us had any training or skills in terms of coaching. So I can see the seeds uh, for my current role in that. Um, but it took years. Right. I mean, I actually got laid off from that job. I got my own career coach and sort of mentioned that I was interested in coaching. And she's like, let's, let's talk about that. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm a single woman. I got to get a job. We can't talk about that. You know? So it definitely took years. Um, but looking back, I really think that those people were the first people to acknowledge, um, you know, that there was something to this for me. Yeah. And as you're talking, Janice, there's um, some terminology that you're using, the uh, emotional intelligence and communication styles. And, you know, there, there is jargon in this coaching and personal development world. And I want to call it out. It's important jargon that to know about, to know that it's part of the resources to explore personal development. And I want to define some of these things because I, you know, I had 20 plus, maybe 30 years with like, I wasn't in any of this language. And when I became interested in it, it was like, wait, there's all these words. I don't even know what people are talking about. It's like a whole foreign language. So, you know, we talk about emotional intelligence and we work with emotional intelligence with our clients all the time. That means it's this, it's the practice of being aware of your emotions and what's going on in you to understand that we actually have a range of emotions that is possible. And if we don't allow ourselves to be sad or angry, we are also not allowing ourselves to be joyful and ecstatic. There's a range of emotions that with practice- Not allowing ourselves to be human, to uh, be Michelle. Human. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's this range of emotions that are possible as humans. And oftentimes we're living in a narrow range of emotions because we're afraid of an extreme emotion on one end or the other. So that's what we mean by emotional intelligence. Well, and also, Michelle, just to build on that, I mean, a big part of being a leader is also being aware. Everyone's emotions have impact on other people, but when you lead a team, that is heightened. You know, your emotional state um, needs to be processed, but also needs to be carefully self-managed so that you have the impact that you want to have. Absolutely, absolutely. Or in the absence, because some emotions, at least for those of us who are very sensitive, um, like on the sensitivity scale uh, um, um, that Margaret and I have taken, we've all taken it, but we're, we're high on that scale. Uh, it can be, see, this is where the awareness comes in. Like 
Margaret and I have this awareness that we're very sensitive. And sometimes, at least I'll speak for myself, I can uh, be overwhelmed by my own emotions or overwhelmed by others. And it's in those times where I may have to step away from a situation to, to regroup, or I may need to reveal that I am, uh, uh, and this is like a practice, like, uh, uh, you know, Brene Brown's work for those of you in the audience who was an academic and is like the, the queen of vulnerability, like reveal what's going on, like you I'm hijacked by some emotion. And I'm, and, and that's a skill like that is a leadership skill, a tool, not a manual. Like this is how you do it. When you are feeling overwhelmed by emotions, you take step one, a sub letter, triple I and do this. <laughs> yeah. So, no. Right. So much of this journey though, really starts with, the pause, right? We start by pausing and, and, you know, looking in, right? You can self-awareness or reflection, or you can, you know, put your hand on your belly. <laughs> People do that all the time. You know, what, what's going on for you? What's going, you know, what's going on for me is a great question. Yeah. It's interesting, Margaret, like so often when I first start working with clients, you know, they're so like, I got to change. I got, you know, and sometimes I'm like, no, we're just in the noticing phase. Like, there's nothing to do right now. <laughs> you know, it's just like there's an, a, a, a pause of like, just just notice your patterns, you know, name your patterns to yourself. And, you know, I'm like, and there will be a time for action, but there is sometimes an intentional period of simply noticing, you know, and yeah. um, and then, Michelle, I'd love I, I love where you're pointing us like because we were actually, Shannon and Catherine and I were reminiscing about a fun communication tool that we learned um, when we were at the consulting firm and and literally how it changed, you know, a relationship um, with a, one of our VPs. But uh, of course, we all use DISC. So maybe you can give people a high level sense of how DISC supports people's communication styles. Yeah, DISC is a, a behavioral assessment. So it assesses uh, this moment in time in our life of uh, what our behavioral styles are and what those impacts might be on other people that we're currently interacting with. And it's a, an assessment that we use often when we work with individuals uh, as well as teams and boards to help people understand the impact that they're having uh, that may be unintentional or they may be unaware of it. Um, and uh, ways to adapt to other people's communication style um, in order to work better together. And it's all about finding that way that's authentic for us as individuals, not that we have to adapt in a way that doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't, well, I shouldn't say comfortable. It's uncomfortable to practice something that we are not in the pattern of using. So that's where we as coaches come in for support, to support someone in the challenge of not being comfortable and trying new ways of behaving in service of better relationships, better communication, better teamwork, um, that kind of thing. And it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting um, assessment. It's um, both very deep and dynamic, and it's also simple enough to um, conceptualize um, uh, in a, on a basic level. So it's got a lot of levels to it. And, and we love using it with teams. 
Uh, one of my favorite uh, parts of DISC is, or all these different assessments, but it it's a great reminder for us not to project how we do things and how we communicate onto other people and making them, you know, it keeps us from making them wrong for doing things differently, you know? And I actually remember when I first took DISC and did my debrief with Michelle and you were explaining, you know, wow, there's one of these styles where like, you just can't expect an answer right away. And I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> sorry, I thought you had to answer right away, you know, and um, there's there's this whole right, this whole thing about speeds of communicating. And um, but again, as a tool, it helps us understand ourselves and how we fit in to other people and themselves. Right. And how. Oh. And there's, there's no right or wrong assessment results in this right. assessment at all. It's just an indication of what has been working for us in, in communication styles in our life up till now. And it may not be something that works in every situation going forward. So being aware of that pattern that has set itself up in our life. And sometimes that pattern has been going on so long. And then a situation or a relationship in our life changes. And suddenly it's like we're up against a brick wall and this pattern isn't working anymore. And that's when we're very frustrated and for their communication breakdown, we don't know what's going on. So this is a way right about to, now, to look at it. Right about right about now, there are folks in the audience who are asking themselves, why what the hell is this disc thing and why are they going on and on about it? <laughs> it's just yeah, right? That's like it's just starting to get into woo-woo land. And um the answer is we see on teams and between individuals that breakdowns happen uh, in communication. And I think everyone notices this, like breakdowns happen. And when members of teams or boards um, don't communicate well, there's an absence of trust. And what we know from the research, and, and a lot of this work comes from um, Pat Lencioni, and his five dysfunctions of a team, which if you're in a management or leadership role, you've probably encountered that book. And if not, go get it and read it. Um, and don't believe us, like believe the guy who's considered the guru of this and consults with all the large nonprofit and corporations around the world. Like trust is the foundation of a high functioning team. And the way you get trust is by uh, under, understanding each other's communications uh, styles and being able to communicate effectively. And so that's why we're talking about this. And that's why we integrate it into our uh, trust, candor, and conflict training that we do with teams and boards. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, David is, you know, we know because we experience it, you know, like sometimes when we're talking to people, I think we probably all had this experience and we're sort of explaining how we work together. People are often surprised because it's like, oh, like, what's your agreement? You know, like, did you have a lawyer to set up this agreement? And like, how do you profit share? And we're just like, 
no, it's it's none of that. <laughs> like it's just like we come together, you know, we have a stake uh, around what we're doing. You know, we trust each other. We decide in the moment like who's doing what and how it's how this is going to happen. And it's such a unique thing. I mean, we don't often pause. Sometimes we do, but we don't often pause and sort of acknowledge like how these tools have helped us. You know, this personal development work has actually helped us. I mean, that to me is like one of the biggest reasons that we have so much passion is because we get to live it and see the impact that it can have. And we have breakdowns, you know, and we have to get these tools out ourselves <laughs> and use them, you know. So it's it's not always a smooth ride as as you know, nothing fun in life is a smooth ride. Nobody wants to go on a roller coaster, you know, that doesn't have an up and down. Well, I love that, Janice. Uh, we do practice everything. You know, we have a share that we that we preach or that we teach with clients, including we have a shared uh, training in the coactive coaching model where um, Michelle now is a faculty member at CTI where she uh, is training others in, uh, in, in coaching. And we have our little mini uh, coach training program for leaders, not for people who want to become coaches, but for leaders to uh, incorporate these coaching skills into their management style. So everything we do is very intentional and we've been through it and we use it with ourselves all the time. Yeah. So I want to just um, circle back a little bit. I think each of us has really noticed um, and we do a lot of noticing because that's what coaches do, but we notice, you know, and we put together and we look for themes and repetition and it seems like in in the space is is a departure from access to humans being able to be a human people operating in humane ways um, and i think each of us has had some experiences in the past few months and listened to friends and clients and so i'm just going to circle back to our stake for this year around you know, we, we want to grow leaders for the sake of humanity. We, we have a stake for humans and humanity. And we believe that personal growth is uh, an integral part of that. And we, we look at the term leaders as we are all leaders in the world, despite our, um, our job title or something like that. Because there are times when, uh, as David was pointing out earlier, and Margaret, like we need to pause and we need to check in with ourselves. What do I need right now? Because there's some emotion showing up in me right now that's that's pretty extreme or not working for me. And that's really accessing an inner leader so that you can have self-authority over your own life and your own decisions. And so, you know, it all starts with ourselves and then the leading comes in our impact with others and we want what we want that impact to be. And in the end, we at Fundraising Leadership just want to make it a better world. We want people to be working better together and communicating better and living whole lives. Yeah. So we, and we, we usually... always like to give people something to try. So what do we want to... Well, before we go there, I want to say something more about this humanity thing because it sounds a bit trite. Uh, it could sound a bit trite. So just to put an exclamation point on it, we work with leaders and teams in the nonprofit world, 
and you can't AI your way through what nonprofit organizations do. They feed the hungry, and we've worked with an organization that feeds the hungry. They shelter the homeless, and we've worked with leaders who shelter the homeless. They educate the next generation of, of um, folks who are going to lead us into the future. And while you can learn some things online, you can't learn everything online. They take care of the sick and the ill and the frail in hospitals and other healthcare organizations where a computer, at least today, uh, cannot do that. And so it takes human beings to, um, at least in the nonprofit world, to help other human beings. And that's what we love doing is help supporting all of you who are doing that work. So I just needed to emphasize this, like why we think this is so important. And in the age of artificial intelligence and everyone technology and everyone getting so excited about that, um, that's all well and good. And yes, to, yes, and we're still human beings. So sorry, Janice, I had to, I had to get on my platform on that. That's okay. That's okay. Important to point out because it's the bigger, it's the bigger mission. It's the bigger idea of why we are doing this work with specifically nonprofit leaders. Yeah. Yeah. So what's something we want to challenge our listeners to do or think about here? There's something coming up for me around, um, you know, I think there is a way in which leaders often think about their professional development. You know, they have a budget for that. They might be thinking at this time of the year, like, oh, do I want to go to a conference? Do I want to take a course? You know, which are which are great things. Um, but I think my challenge is actually think about how you could deploy that money differently this year. How can you do something to access what Michelle's talking about, that leader within, like really getting clear on who you are and what you're up to in the world? Yeah. And if you'd like some help with that, we're here. Don't be shy. Yeah. Happy to have a conversation. See what's right for you. Yeah, we'll put our contact link in the show notes. And I think I speak for all of us. We would love to hear from you, including help. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to do. (laughs) Right. I'm stuck. Great. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Fundraising Leadership. We provide unique coaching and training programs to grow nonprofit leaders. Please subscribe. If you haven't already, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, you can help us continue to bring thoughtful content with a one-time contribution. This supports our production costs and keeps the show ad-free. Contribute today using the link in the show notes, and you will receive one or more of our highly acclaimed courses. Now, go put it into practice. Yeah.